0: exactly Dot .com right now for a discount so you can live Clareton clear use as directed What's up happy and healthy it's Gina Mapola and happy happy Tuesday welcome back to the podcast I am in such a good mood um, I'm back in California I was um, in Texas for a bit Trying to figure out my life. I know I've mentioned this before, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I want to do and where I want to move and everything of that sort. But I'm back here with another episode and yeah, I'm just happy to be back because I love, love podcasting. Um, And I just love the feedback I've been getting from you guys. Um, I do these voice memo things as I've told you guys about in the last episode. I featured one of y'all's voice memos. Um, There's a feature on Anchor that you guys can send me those and just send back feedback or questions or just, you know, affirmations or anything of that sort. So I got one today from a listener. Her name is Sabrina, and I wanted to include that really quickly and just give her a big, big thank you for listening. And I love featuring you guys. So let's listen to that really quickly. Hey, Janine, my name is Sabrina, and I just wanted to share my appreciation with you, um, mainly for the podcast that you have been putting out every Tuesday I get to listen to them on my way to work on Wednesday mornings. And so I really appreciate you sharing your story, especially this past one of you being an influencer. I know that you don't get a lot of credit for it, but I want to just say that you are so courageous and brave um, for sharing your story for the whole world to hear. And so I know you don't really get a lot of that affirmation and appreciation. So I just wanted to stop in and send you a voicemail just saying that Um, I really do appreciate everything that you say. It's very impactful to my life. So thank you. Thank you again. Sabrina means so much to me. And just everyone that listens, I appreciate you guys so, so much for tuning in every single Tuesday. I truly do hope. This podcast helps you be happier and healthier. That's my goal mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. I want to help people. And so, of course, I'll have different topics coming for all those categories. So, of course, keep tuning in every single Tuesday. But for today's episode, I wanted to do kind of a part two to kind of how to grow your relationship with the Lord. I was looking at my stats, and that was my number one most listened to episode for my podcast, which I thought was crazy. So it just proves to me that people are hungry. They want to grow a relationship with God. They want to know Him. They want to know Him how to do it, and me being a Christian my entire life, you know, I think I have some advice for you guys, but I kind of wanted to do this more from my perspective, not necessarily like a how to be a perfect Christian. I more want to do it from my perspective of like, what has worked in my life? How did I get to where I am? What changed me? How do I stay consistent with the Lord? how What are my viewpoints on God? How do I see Him? How do I feel like He sees me? Everything of that sort. Like, I overall just want you guys to know God Because He has changed my life. So I kind of wanted to do this episode from my perspective of how I keep my relationship with the Lord. And it kind of might be more surprising than you think. Because... I think a lot of people put Christian influencers on a pedestal. You think that we have everything together or that we're perfect or that we never cuss or we, you know, read our Bibles every single day and we're so perfect, but I promise you that's not the case. So I kind of want to just open up a little bit, share with you guys what works for me and why I am a Christian. Like, why do I follow this figure in the sky that you can't see? I mean, he's really not a figure in the sky to me, but... You know what I mean? Like, why do I, why do I believe in him? You know? So let's just get right into that. And I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Okay. So I grew up in a Christian family. I'm very, very thankful for that. I grew up in a family where I had a very, very spirit filled mom and dad. Um, they both play different roles in my life. My mom was the person in my life that taught me you know, to always be a prayer warrior, to pray always, to pray in the spirit, because it does say in the Bible that, you know, we're not just fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against spiritual warfare, like warfare, like spiritual principalities. Um, If that is like new to you, it basically means like there is a spiritual world out there, light versus darkness, you know, God versus the enemy, Satan, um, that we're fighting against. So A lot of the times what we're seeing, like, especially when I think about this year in 2020, What we're seeing is not just like people hating each other or division or sin or whatever. Like this is just like an actual spiritual thing that we are fighting against. So my mom was always someone that encouraged me to pray and to be bold in that and to trust in the Lord and to always go with him with every single request and um, just to fervently chase after him. Now my dad was the person that was always like, seek the truth, know the bible, know the word, uh stand up for what's right and stand up against what's wrong. So my dad was more like the foundational person who was like you need to know the bible, you cannot deviate from it, you need to like always use this as your weapon and to know the bible and my dad was always just kind of like the firm person that if I was ever struggling with something, he would always have a bible verse for that. Like every single time. And I would see my dad in the morning I was reading the Bible and that was just really encouraging to me. Like my parents led by example and I also got to watch my mom just like worship. Like she loves to worship, even though my, my poor mom, she cannot sing to save her life. It's so bad, but I still love her. So she, she is just a big worshiper. And I also just got to see my mom, like love on homeless people and serve people and be so selfless for people. And my dad was always the one that just instilled in me like really great values of like, you know, loving people just the way they are, never looking down upon someone for the way they look or the money or where they came from or their culture, anything of that sort. Like, I'm just thankful I had very amazing parents that taught me, you know, right from wrong and instilled all of that in me. So growing up, that was, that was awesome, right? And you, when you grow up in the church, though, the problem is like when you're going every single Sunday, As a kid, you're not really fathoming what's... Fathoming? Is that the word? Fathoming what's going on. I feel like it becomes kind of numb. It kind of goes in one ear and out the other, which tends to be kind of the issue in the Bible Belt or tends to be a lot of the issues with pastor's kids uh, because it's just so, I guess, hammered into your head for so long that you're just like, I want nothing to do with this. I have seen so many people's testimonies of them being like, I grew up in the church, but I want nothing to do with this. Or I I grew up being a christian and now i'm an atheist or now i'm agnostic which is just mind-boggling to me i can see why that would happen but for me i that's not the life i would choose because i just know god is way too real in my life for that to be a thing so yeah, basically grew up in a christian church and uh raised going to church every single sunday and then in high school is actually where i drastically got my life saved um in high school I was, I remember dating my high school sweetheart. If you guys watch my YouTube videos for like ever ago, you remember him. Oh, sweet Davis. That was his name. Um, I was dating this guy for like six or seven years. It was crazy. Maybe I can talk about that more in a different episode. Um, but I was dating him and I was just, you know, it was just like regular high schooler. Like I didn't do anything bad. I mean, I was not into partying or smoking or anything of that sort. But I just was a, a girl that just didn't really know anything about God I never read the word I didn't really care for it I was very like worldly I guess you could say and I remember my brother started going to this church and this pastor's his name's Dustin Sample he's still someone to this day that's like a father figure to me he goes to my brother and he's like I would love to have your sisters come to this church camp and it was called Christ for the Nations it's in Dallas and my brother comes to me and he's like hey like this pastor really wants you to go to this camp called Youth for the Nations at Christ for the Nations And me being at that time, like not caring about God at all, I was just like, dude, like F off. Like, I don't, (laughs) I didn't literally say that, but like in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to your stupid camp. And he's like, well, it's like $200. I'm and like, I'm a broke high school student. You think I got 200 bucks, bucko? Like, no, leave me alone. And so that was kind of my excuse because I didn't want to go so badly. So I just kind of kept saying no. Finally, the pastor comes and he's like, what if I paid for you to go? And I, and like, at that point I was like, dang it, like, I can't get out of this. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. So I decided to go to this camp completely not knowing anything that was going to happen. Like, like so unknowing of like what this camp was, who was going to be there, whatever. So the most, so the most beautiful thing about it is I show up to this camp and the church that I went with was called Trinity Church, Dallas. And the most beautiful beautiful thing about it was that there was, like, all sorts of races there. Like, everyone – it was so cool. Like, we had, you know, white, black, brown. Like, every single race was there. It was so cool because I felt like that was, like – I was like, this is, like, what the king is supposed to look like. This is, like, family. Like, I just thought it was so, so cool. And all of us just bonded so quickly. So, I go to this camp, and I'm not even going to lie. Like, I'm going to be honest about this um, – at this time in my life, I was actually struggling with an addiction to masturbation and porn. I have never admitted that. I think I maybe admitted that like one other podcast somewhere else. But that's part of my my story and my testimony. And, you know, obviously my testimony is going to be a lot more lengthy than this. But at that time, I was addicted to it. And honestly, I didn't even really know it was bad. When I was um, a young girl... Um, I was with my my childhood best friend and my sisters at a hotel and we were flipping through the channels and as we're flipping through the channels, we saw porn on the TV. That was the first time I had ever seen porn. I didn't even know what sex was. I had no idea um, how babies were made. Like that's actually one area I would definitely say my parents failed me. They never gave me the birds and the bees talk. So I see this on the TV and I am like, What? Is happening like literally I was scarred so scarred I was like what the freak was that and then like my best friend was like uh that's how babies are made like you didn't know and I was like what like I was so repulsed so at that very moment Satan used that in my testimony he used that as a an anchor for me to constantly be enslaved in sin that was always my weakness was was lust in that type of stuff And I've never admitted that, but let's get freaking real. Like, didn't I say I was going to do that on this podcast? Yes. And the funny thing is, there's so many people that struggle with that. More than people want to admit. So many people. Like, everyone just thinks like, oh, it's just guys that struggle with it. No. A lot of women struggle with that. And so it's just, it sucks because that was like the door that opened into my life for like the lust and the sin and all of that stuff. And so right at that moment, Satan got me. I didn't even really know what masturbation was. I just did it. I didn't even know. And I just kept getting super curious about what was sex because no one told me. No one explained anything to me. The church didn't and neither did my parents. So all I knew was like, oh, sex is bad. Don't have sex. So I just was like, what is going on? And this is where like I think parents need to step it up in the church. And there's another episode I did with Mo Isom. You guys should definitely check that out. It's called Sex and Where Culture Failed um, or Society. Definitely listen to that one because that has more of my story and more thoughts on this. But basically, I go to this camp and I, you know, didn't even know what to expect. There was one night um, that there was an altar call. And this church was very, very charismatic. It was bold. It was very spirit-filled, and charismatic basically means like they believe in the movement of the Holy Spirit. They believe in tongues. They believe in healings, and you know all of that stuff, all the spiritual gifts. So I, I mean, I kind of grew up in that stuff, so it wasn't like super weird for me. So there was one night that I remember um, the pastor, and this like, might I add, this is a this is a camp of a thousand people, a thousand like massive. So there was one night I remember the pastor was like, come down to the front. that's what an altar call is. He's like, come down to the front. If you've been struggling with an addiction and you know it and you know, deep down inside, like you're struggling and you want to be freed and you want to be healed. And oh my gosh, my heart started bumping and like pounding. And I was like sweating and I was like, what is going on? What is going on? And I knew that was the Holy Spirit. And that's like when you guys, when you feel that in church, like that's when you know that is the Holy Spirit. Pinging you, calling upon you to be obedient and to listen. He's like, I'm calling you higher. I'm convicting you. Like, that's that conviction to call you higher, to set you free. It's not to shame you, it's not to guilt you. But he's like, come forward, step out in faith, confess this, be obedient, and I'm going to set you free. So I was like, all right. And I was so nervous, so embarrassed to go down to the front, but I did it. And I remember going down to the front, and this girl prayed for me. And, like, in that moment, I felt free. Like, I was sobbing. I was, like, crying, but I felt my whole body was tingling. I just felt this weight lifted off of me. Like, I couldn't even explain it. And, you guys, when you encounter the Holy Spirit like that, when you encounter God like that in such a real way – you never go back. Like you cannot, you, you're you never the same. You're changed and he changes you. Like it, something is just different. So after that camp, you guys, um, I was set free. Like literally from that day, I was set free. I never looked at porn again. I never did that. Like masturbated again. Like I was set free. I was like, God literally took it from me. And that is how powerful he is. So I remember like You know going throughout high school or even college and people being like oh god's not real no he's not or whatever no one can deny your testimony like that is your story nobody can take that away from you so i would always say to people like whatever you think about god i have encountered him for my own like apart from what my parents have said to me i encountered him on my own like and it was like it wasn't just that that specific moment like the whole weekend like I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I started speaking in tongues. Like, I was just radically changed where I was set on fire for Christ after that. I was like, after that day and or that, that camp, I was like, Lord, like, I am giving you my life. I am different. Like, I want to serve you for the rest of my life. And so at that moment, I was just like, I felt like I was a different person. Like, that to me was like probably the most pivotal, one of the most pivotal moments in my life where I was like, I'm giving my life to the Lord. Like, apart from my parents, I'm doing this. So after that, like I was pretty much just on fire for the Lord, like all of high school and everything of that sort. I started going to youth camp every single Wednesday and like my youth group was like my family, like literally my family and it changed my life. I volunteered and all that stuff. So it was great. But then comes college. Oh, college. So my freshman year, I kind of did this like deferred program at Southern Methodist University. I was a cheerleader there, which is a, a college in Dallas and, um, I was going there my freshman year and I was still a really good girl. Like I was dating my, um, high school boyfriend at this time. We were doing long distance and both of us decided we wanted to transfer to the university of Texas together. Um, so I applied, he applied, we both got in dope, go to UT. So me coming from this, you know, sheltered background. I mean, I was kind of, I was homeschool growing up. Like I was like home homeschool growing up at high school. I went to like a small little, like, co-op, private school type of thing. It's hard to explain, but whatever. So I went to that. But um, I was really, really sheltered growing up. I was very, like, you know, conservative and prudeful. Is that a word? Prudeful? Prudent. And people always call me, I'm such a prude or whatever. Like, I remember in college, right when I got there my freshman year, I remember one of the girls on my cheer team, and like, asked me to come to this frat party. And I was terrified. Like, the thought of, like, drinking and going to a frat party and being in this, like, unfamiliar territory – I was like, heck no, you cannot pay me to go to that. But I remember there was this little, little thing inside of me that was very curious because I wanted to fit in so badly. I knew I was different. I knew something was different about me, but I wanted to fit in so, so badly. And so there was this part of me that was like, maybe I should go. And I remember I told my college boyfriend, I was like, hey, I really want to go to this frat party. My friend you know, Chandler invited me and he was like, heck no, you're not going to this party. Like, blah, 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 And so I was like, okay, okay, like I'm not going, geez. So I didn't end up going. So basically we transferred to UT and that's where everything changed. Like I was exposed to so much. All of a sudden, like everything was different. Um, You know, I was just like, I I went to this college that was extremely diverse, massive, huge party school and I tried to keep my faith there. I remember I, like I joined um, the competitive cheer team. I joined a Christian sorority my junior year. I tried to doing Young Life my sophomore year. And, um, you know, the, the Christian sorority didn't stick for me. Young Life didn't stick for me. Just the um, competitive cheer, cheerleading team is what I stuck with. But in that cheerleading team, there wasn't any believers. There was not a single Christian on that team. And so, um, that was my sophomore year. And I remember them being like, Hey, like we should go out, we should go to the bars. And I remember being like, no, it's not really for me. Um, and I had to also, my college boyfriend, I had broken up. Like when we went to UT, we had broken up. So I felt like I was like a, like a, a set free woman, like not in a bad way where I'm like, Oh, leave me alone. But it was more like I had all these possibilities. All these things opened out where I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I'm single at a school with 50,000 students. All these attractive men. Like, it was just like my whole world had flipped upside down from this sheltered little girl. I went to this college that just had a world full of opportunities. And so um, the first time I got drunk actually was at this Halloween party. I talked about this in my Q&A podcast. But there was this Halloween party um, and I ended up getting drunk for the first time there. After that, it was just like my interest was peaked. Like it was like all my Christianese basically went out the window. It was really, really sad. It was like everything that I had kind of known just went out the window. And the problem is, it was because I was living such a double life. I didn't have any godly friends really. Um, I kind of stopped going to church when I went to UT. I didn't find a church I liked. Like It was just like I had lost interest because the world seemed so much more enticing to me. At that point, I was just like, oh, this is so much more fun. Like, I want to do this. Like, I've never done this before. And so I got drunk. And then with the cheerleading team, like, my cheerleading team would go out every single weekend. We would be at the bars and we'd be drinking and getting drunk. And I remember my sisters were like, what is wrong with you? Like, you need to stop this. But I wasn't living with them and I was just doing my own thing and being really, really rebellious. Like, making out with guys and um, – It was just really, really bad. I I was only hanging out with people that were not good influences on me at all. Like, even though I was in this Christian sorority my junior year, I remember feeling like, oh, all these people are hypocrites. I'm a hypocrite. Like, why am I in this? So I ended up, like, bouncing out of that. And so I was just a very, very confused person for a very long time. Like, I always have talked about this. Like, I had no sense of identity at all all in college I was literally just like a leaf blown in the wind waiting for someone and anything to accept me I wanted to be loved and seen so badly that I would just do anything so I could be seen and obviously the the only extent of what I ever did in college was just party like I just drank a bunch and that was that was the extent of it like I'm glad that the Lord even protected me more than that because it could have been so much worse but it could have been worse than that but it wasn't um and probably I've actually also never <laughs> never admitted this but I I ended up getting a minor in possession in college which is a um it's where you're holding alcohol or drinking alcohol when you're a minor so I ended up getting one of those and that was actually one of my most wake up moments was when I got that um and I had to go to court and I didn't tell my parents and I told my sisters and they were like what are you doing And so my sisters, like, if I had not had my sisters there as well, I I don't know what would happen. So I'm really, really thankful I had them in college. And so I was just kind of hitting, like, all these lows after lows after lows. My senior year, I got in some deep crap. I got in a very unhealthy, toxic relationship that changed my life forever, an abusive relationship. And so college, just to say the least, was not my favorite. Like, let's just say that. Um... I loved my college. I loved what I studied. I loved all of that. But if I could redo college over again, I 100% would. Like, I wish I did so many more different things. But, you know, the thing is that I always try to remember, I'm like, nothing is wasted. The Lord does not waste this. Like, he just doesn't waste my story because how many of you guys out there now are listening to this and you're like, whoa, I had no idea you were going through that. And I went through the exact same thing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So... College was just like a very awakening moment for me where like I just, I was at such a rock bottom that I had no other choice but to be like, God, I give you my life. Now, I never felt like I 100% abandoned God. I never feel like I did that. It was more that I was just living this double life where I was like, I wanted to be a Christian. I was going to church. I was in this Christian sorority. I wanted so badly to know God, but I also so badly wanted the world, and you cannot live a double life like that, like, you just can't, like, it says in the Bible that, um, be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm, if you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth, and you also cannot serve two masters, you cannot serve God, and you cannot also also serve the world, that's what I was trying to do, I was trying to be this, like, Christian on Sundays and on social media, but on the weekends or whatever, I didn't look any different. And so it just took me getting to my absolute rock bottom where God was just like, you know, like I'm going to pick you up from the slimy pits because that's what he says in Psalm. But you're going to have to choose this for yourself, right? So, you know, I graduated college. I go back to Dallas. I'm still struggling with my faith there. I decided I was going to go back to church. I started going to the porch in Dallas, which is an amazing thing that really, really changed my life. I really recommend you guys do that um, if you live in Dallas. But I was still going to that And I still felt like I was really confused. Like, and maybe you feel the same way. You're like, I go to church and I read my Bible, but I still am confused. So I was going to this every single Tuesday and I was going to church and was really trying to deepen my relationship with the Lord. But I was still living this double life because I still wanted the world. I still wanted to party. I still wanted to be accepted. I still wanted boys to like me. Like, I still wanted that so badly because I was craving attention. I was craving someone to love me not even knowing that God loved me so much, not even knowing that my identity is in him and him alone. And apart from him, I'm nothing apart from him. I am empty. I am sad. I'm depressed. Like I remember feeling suicidal. I remember feeling depressed. I remember absolutely hating myself in college. I hated myself. I hated the way I looked. I hated my body. I was always like, mad like why did I have to come from the family I did like so many things that I just hated myself in um and it was crazy like I just wish I could go back to that girl and be like Janine like wake up like you are a daughter of the king like he doesn't make mistakes like he made you this way for a reason like he chose you he wants to use you like you're not a waste of person you're not the bottom of the barrel like you're not just a nobody like he wants to use you Janine like you are exactly the way he wants you you're a beautiful you're you're his daughter he cherishes you like I wish I believed those things because I always heard them growing up and it just sounded like fun and whatever but I never really believed it I was just like yeah whatever daughter of the king blah blah blah, you know and maybe you feel the same way maybe that's you so I was sort of going to church whatever i'm in church and it, it really did change my life like it does say in the bible that the word of god does not return void so even though i was going and i may have been still living kind of a double life but like his word started seeping into me it started changing my life because i just i really did want to be different so badly but i didn't know how to get there because i was doing it alone that's the problem is i was always doing it alone like i would just go to church and i'd have my couple christian friends but I didn't really feel like people in my circle were a hundred percent in. And so that was the issue is I didn't really have community pushing me back to Christ, holding me accountable, all that stuff. So I was just living like such a double life. Like I really was. So then I moved to California and like life changed for me. Life literally changed. And this is where God was like, we're not going to live like this any longer. Like, Janine, you have a calling and a purpose and a destiny on your life. And that had been spoken over me ever since I was little, like, by, you know, I've had prophets speak stuff over me. Like, my mom would be like, oh, this, like, I spoke to someone and they had a dream about you. Or my pastor would speak words over me. He'd be like, Janine, I know God's going to give you influence one day. And I would be like, whatever, dude. Like, you're weird. (laughs) I don't know what you're saying. But, like, people had spoken several things over my life that I didn't believe And I mean, when my YouTube started popping off, people were like, I told you, like, he's going to use you. He's going to use you to surrender your platform, surrender your life, surrender this. But I didn't even know what surrender looked like. I was just like, oh, great. Sounds good. Okay, let me try to get to the meat. I know this has a lot of backstory because you're basically getting part of my testimony. Um, But the pivotal moment is when I came to California Um, I just knew that God had been pinging on my heart because I knew I wanted to be different. I mean, I'd always wanted to follow God. I've always wanted to chase after him. I just didn't know how. And I think a lot of my followers and listeners feel that way. They're like, I want to, but I don't know how. So obviously I know like with this whole COVID thing, like things are so difficult to find community in a church and all that stuff. But, um, when I moved to California, obviously we weren't in a freaking pandemic, So I um, got involved in this Bible study. God literally blessed me with a Bible study. I remember telling God, I'm like, God, if you don't bring me a Bible study, I'm going to start my own because I wanted one so badly and I was just so desperate for community. I had many friends in California, but there were no believers. And there's this saying that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Um, Your friends are going to make or break your life. They're going to make or break who you are, your walk with Christ, everything of that sort. And, you know, the Bible also says that bad company corrupts good morals. So I knew all of that being a Christian. I knew that that would affect my walk with Christ. So um I prayed for that. And literally, lo and behold, like I got involved in this Bible study, like through a friend. They connected me to this girl. I got in this Bible study. Based on that Bible study, I met my Bible study leader. And she is also a mentor, counselor to me, like a second mom. She's amazing. Um, I started meeting with her regularly and doing counseling and working through a lot of the garbage in my life. And so I recommend counseling. I really, really do. Um, uh, but I started going weekly to this Bible studies. I told myself, I was like, I'm finally going to get involved in a church. I'm going to serve. I'm going to contribute to the body of Christ. So I started volunteering, um, twice a week at church. I was the greeter and I did the tithing and the offerings and all that stuff. Um, so I started regular attending church more and I got plugged in. I started, Um, having these girls in my Bible study keep me accountable and I met some amazing God-fearing women that like would actually hold me higher and my best friend Sarah lived out here and she held me higher and so that happened and like I just started to fall in love with the word of God. I really, really did and I remember I was actually in a counseling session with my Bible study leader. She told me like I walked into the account, the counseling session and she was like well what do you want to talk about today and I was like honestly I don't really know and she was like I think the Lord wants you to know this and I was like crap like what is he gonna say dang it because you know God knows everything and she lays on this piece of paper that says hypocrite and she's like Janine I believe this is you she's like you have your mask on for certain people and you have it off for others but you're wearing two masks and I was so convicted and she was like You have got to stop living a double life. She basically called me out on all my crap. From that day forward, I remember saying, I'm going to choose to be different. And that's one thing I want to recommend to you guys. I'm going to say to you guys is it's a choice. Sometimes, yes, like if you look in the past part of my testimony, God plucked an addiction from me. But also, walking with God is a daily choice. There's this Bible verse that says to take up your cross daily. That means to surrender your life to the Lord every single day. God's not going to magically make you read your Bible. He's not going to magically just make you, you know, want to worship him or listen, worship music. Like you guys have to choose this. That's the thing. And and being a Christian, it's not always going to be fun, but it's worth it. Because when your flesh wants something, when your flesh wants to look at that porn or your flesh wants to hook up with that guy, or you want to drink, or you want to smoke that blunt or whatever it is, It's all about that instant gratification that feels good in the moment, but in the long run, it leaves you feeling empty, shameful, and regretful, which is what a lot of my testimony did to me. Um, Because in the moment, you think it's going to bring you life, but it actually robs you of your joy. It robs you, and that's what Satan does. It's everything he does is counterfeit. It's it's counterfeit gold. Like it looks shiny, it looks so great. You're like, I need this. I want this. I just want to follow my heart. My heart wants what it wants. Selena Gomez, um, the heart wants what it wants, right? But then you you start having it, and it starts the gold starts rubbing off, and lo and behold, down below underneath it, it's just coal. It's just dirt, and you're robbed. And you're like, I thought that was going to bring me life, but it really didn't. That's what sin does. It makes you think you're going to be fulfilled or that's going to bring you joy. But in the end, it really, really doesn't. So I started to see the more that I was dwelling with the Lord, I I made a choice. I was like, I'm not going to listen to certain music anymore. I started cutting out a bunch of music. I didn't watch certain movies anymore. Um, I started hanging out with only Christian women. I kind of ditched a lot of people. Like I had this friend group in California that I would party with all the time. I stopped going there. I stopped going to places that tempted me. Um, And I just had to say no to certain friend groups and it was really really hard It didn't mean that I thought they were horrible people, but for me to grow I had to separate myself from that and that's something I think that a lot of you guys are gonna have to do You're gonna have to say goodbye to some people. You're gonna have to choose different friendships You don't have to do it in a nasty way, but you might just have to start distancing yourself from some people and That's what I did and the more I started hanging out with believers the more I started getting hungry for God's Word The more I was involved in this Bible study, the more I was reading the word, the more it transformed me. And I started falling in love with the Lord again and being like, he is so good. He is amazing. He has changed my life. I started feeling more free, more joyful again. I started knowing my identity. I started feeling more peaceful in my life. And I felt like the more I started talking about, you know, God on my platforms, the more fulfilled I felt. These friendships I had, like, they changed my life. Your friend group, you guys, is going to change who you are and your future. Everything you do, like, they're either bringing you down or they're calling you up. Like, it's your choice to choose that. You can choose the Bible. You can choose to walk with Christ every single day. Or you can choose to keep following your flesh that's going to end up leaving you feel empty. That's what it always did for me. So it's going to take a choice from you saying, I'm going to leave that old stuff behind. In praying for the Holy Spirit, pray that He would remove the, des- the desires or whatever you struggle with, having people keep you accountable. Because when the old temptations come, they're gonna come. They're gonna come. You need people to keep you accountable. And I really do believe um, if you just keep staying prayerful, stay prayerful, like, Lord, I want a community. I want a godly spouse. I want a church. Show me where to go. Open doors. Like, have that prayer, have that posture. I believe God will bless you with that because he wants that for you. I remember being like, God, show me which church to go to. And I felt so much peace at the church I went to. I prayed for a Bible study and I got that. And so um, as I started falling in love with the word more, it just transformed my life. I started memorizing scriptures. The more I read it, I would underline it. When I started teaching Bible studies on my Zoom calls with my followers, I was able to memorize Bible or the scripture more. And it started transforming my life. And something that I was just reading in James is, I think it's in James 1. Let me find it really fast. It says in James 1, um, 19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Um, Let's see. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and every evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you They will be blessed in what they do. That is amazing, you guys. That's what the gospel is, is remembering that it is a perfect law that is meant to save you. When you start switching your brain instead of saying, this is preventing me from having fun, you say, no, this is allowing me freedom. It says that here, the perfect law that gives freedom, continue in it. Do not forget it. And it says, then you will be blessed in what you do. Y'all, the more you read this word, set time apart. This is what I had to do. Every single morning before I get up, I mean, again, I'm not perfect at this. I promise you. There are times where I have maybe gone a week without reading my Bible and I notice the effects. But setting time apart, put your phone away, you know, maybe put some worship music on, get your journal, get a Bible, read just a chapter a day and marinate on it sit there and be like how can I apply this what can I do how can I actually put this into practice in my life because it says here do not just listen to the word and deceive yourself it says do what it says because this is how you guys this transforms your life when you do that so setting that time apart have someone hold you accountable text your best friend hey best friend every single morning let's read a verse together let's uh test each other. Let's keep each other accountable on whether we're reading the word or not. Do Bible challenges together, get a devotional. Like it's so important. And then something I started doing again is just like switching out my music. Like I would say 90, 85 to 90% of my music I listen is Christian music. When you are filling your mind with that, you're meditating on that, you're worshiping on that. Like Jesus loves our worship. It says that in Psalms, like sing a new song to him, praise him. Like Angels are worshiping with you when you worship, like change the music you're listening to without cuss words, without demeaning women, without degrading women, without sexual innuendos, all that stuff, like change what you're filling your head with. And something else that's pretty crazy that I was just talking to Meredith Foster about and my friend Alyssa, like what you're seeing on TV and in Netflix and all that stuff that can impact you. There was someone in my bi tribe, which is my, my women's Facebook page for Christian women. Someone posted on there that they had seen a quick scene in 13 Reasons Why um, of this lady who was masturbating and that caused her to be curious and she started looking up at porn and masturbating. Y'all, it takes a small second, a seed of that, when you see that, that Satan uses to tempt you, to try you, and to dangle that in front of your face, to open the door of lust or temptation, whatever that looks like for you. It took one scene in Netflix for that to happen for her, for her to fall into a temptation, to fall into sin. Um, So be very, very careful of what you're watching and listening and reading, who you're following on the internet. That's a big thing, you guys. Be mindful of what you're mindful of. I had to do a lot of that because there's things I'd watch on Netflix that made me feel convicted or more lustful, or I would watch a movie and I would have, like, a really perverted dream that night. Like, that stuff matters, you guys. So that, too, like, choosing that. Because sometimes, again, it's gonna take a choice to you to be like, I really might wanna watch this. I might wanna listen to this, but I'm not going to. Is this bringing me closer to Jesus? Does this make me look more like Jesus? Does this make me know Jesus more? If it doesn't, it it ain't for you, sis. It ain't for you. And again, I don't wanna be legalistic and be like, you can't do this or you can't do that. Like, trust your convictions. Like, your spirit knows when something is off. I'm a firm believer, like, your spirit knows. But be careful that, you know, um, if you're watching something and you don't feel convicted, that could be also kind of an issue. Like having that godly conviction, I think, is so, so important because it means that you're reading the word, that you know the Lord, that you are dwelling with his spirit. Because when you know the Lord, it means you kind of have that godly conviction and you don't want what you used to want. Sure, like the old temptations can kind of come back up and they can tempt you, but ultimately you still know that God's way is always better. So the more that you know the Lord, the more you chase after him, the less you start desiring those things, the less you want to do that because it doesn't make you feel good. It leaves you empty. And Jesus says that he is the living water. Whoever drinks of his water will never thirst again. That is beautiful to me. When you start looking at the Bible and you look at who God is, you're just like, wow, He is so good. He is beautiful. He's sweet. Like, he does want good things for me. And as you are doing this, you guys, it says here in James 1, um, 25 at the bottom of it, they will be blessed in what they do. As you are obedient to him, he will bless you. I have seen this in my life. The more that I have been obedient, the more I have chosen to follow him, speak about Him, to say no to earthly things, say no to things that bring me further away from Him, the more doors have opened in my life for Him, the more blessings I have seen in my life. It's been crazy. When I chose finally, I'm going to be obedient. This year and last year has been absolutely radical for me. Um, all these Christian doors started opening. I was speaking at Christian conferences and people wanted me on their Christian podcasts. Like, all these like Christian doors were opening where I was like, whoa. Like, God is doing something, and I feel like now I am living out my calling and my purpose. I am walking out on that because I'm choosing to be obedient. Is it always fun for me to speak about God or to be open or to be vulnerable or to get lash back or for people to hate me speaking about this stuff? No, it's not. But the Bible says, Blessed are those that are persecuted for my name, for their inheritances in the kingdom of God. I believe that's what it says. Like, remembering that we are not on this earth to just live a good life, just to be pleased on earth, to build, you know, our future here. Like this is our temporal home. Remember that like we are here to build the kingdom, to bring people into salvation, to share the gospel. Because at the end of the day, like every one of us, all of our souls will either go to heaven or to hell. And I want every single person listening to, To know this God, I want you to be saved. I want you to have salvation. I want you to be so firm and secure in that, that you don't have to fear death, that you have nothing but peace in your life because that is what he will bring you. He is the God of peace. And so I just, like, I started making all these decisions in my life that were just centered around him. Like, everything that I did in my life, like, just started changing to where I was like, does this fit my does this fit my plan for the kingdom? Like, does this make me look more like Christ? Great. If it doesn't, I'm not doing it. Bye. Like, like all my friend groups now, like, I hang out with majority Christians now, which is such a blessing. Does that mean I don't have non-Christian friends? No. I still have a lot of non-Christian friends. I hang out with them. I try to be a light to them. I try to care for them. I try to be an example of Christ to them. But majority of my friends are Christian, which has been so, so, um, what's the word? Impactful in my life like yesterday I was hanging out with Meredith Foster and we were at this like little event and there was like all these cute guys there and we were all outside like freaking out about about, all about these cute guys. It was just like, infiltrating our minds and Meredith just was like can we just stop for one second and just surrender this to the Lord can we just surrender this where we just say God your will be done like let us not be influenced by this let us not worry and dwell on these boys like let us keep our eyes focused on our friendships first and God first and I was so impressed by that and I was like Meredith like you are a friend that I want in my life and I want to be a friend like that too like having people like that fighting in your corner is amazing that will change your life so, those are kind of just like some of the things I did. Um, I wouldn't, don't want you guys to think that I'm perfect in any way. Like, yes, there's definitely times I still cuss. Yes, there's definitely times I don't read my Bible. There's going to be times where like I maybe am still hypocritical or I have a lot of growth. Like, no one's ever, no Christian, hopefully, is ever claiming that they're a perfect person. I'm not. I'm imperfect, and that's why I need a perfect savior. I cannot save myself. I need a savior because without him, I am a mess. He has literally changed my life, and because of him, I don't fear death. I, I have so much peace. I rarely struggle with anxiety, and I just trust him in everything that I do, like whether that's my marriage, my future marriage, my my dating relationships where I'm going to move my job I'm, I'm always just like, Lord, I put this in your hands, like surrendering your life to him. Don't put things into your hands. Like don't put matters into your own hands. Just say, God, every single day you have my life. Like I'm going to put my life into your hands. I'm going to trust you every single day because the Bible says, do not worry. Okay. So it says in Matthew 6, 31. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But first, oh, I love this verse so much, but first seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I don't, I just try not to worry. I'm just like, God, you have me. You care about me so much. You really, really do. And so I just want to encourage you guys, like, read godly authors, read godly books, listen godly podcasts, find godly communities, serve at your church, show up, listen worship music as often as you can. Like, it transforms you. It really does. Like, you're just literally singing to your creator. Talk to him. Like, it doesn't have to be legalistic. Like, I don't want you guys to be in a legalistic thing where you're like, I have to do this and I have to do that. Like, you don't technically have to do anything. But if you want to look more like Christ, it sure doesn't hurt. You know, it doesn't hurt at all. Um, So just do things that make you look more like Christ. And I would say um, just, just know the word, like read the word of God. It is literally our fighting words. I always say this to my bi Tribe girls, like the word of God is our armor against the enemy. It is our armor against other people. It is armor against the lies. We have to know the word of God and read it. Because when Satan comes, it says in John 10, 10, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When he comes to do that to you, to your future, and your relationship, and your sleep, and your appearance, and your identity, and everything that you look at yourself, he's coming for you. We have to have the armor of God in Ephesians 6 to fight back. It says the word of God is the sword of the spirit. We need that sword to fight him off. And so whether that's getting a devotional or just saying, I'm going to read a chapter a day, start in the New Testament. I'm going to read one chapter of the book of John every single day. And then I'm going to just go from there in the New Testament. Just do that, underline it, meditate on it. Really, I, I, I think meditating on the word, like, Lord, how can I apply this to my life? Makes such a difference. But overall, just the more that you dwell to him, the more he dwells back to you. The more you draw near to him, the more he draws near to you. That is biblical. That's what he says. And um, it it never hurts to, to do things that draw you more closer to him. I don't want you to do it out of obligation or out of a legalistic mindset that you feel like you ever have to earn his love. You cannot earn God's love and you cannot take it away. Nothing you can do, will do, are doing, gonna do, anything of that sort can take away his love from you. You need to know that. Um, and so don't do anything out of obligation. Do it because you're like, I just simply want to know him. I love him. I need him. I want him. I desire for me to look more like him because, um, if you're doing things out of giddy, giddy, (laughs) guilt or pity, um, I don't think that's ever from a good heart posture. Do it from a place of like, I just want to know him. I want to look more like him because he has so much grace for for us. He is the God of grace. Like he is a graceful God and he doesn't need you to sing to him. He doesn't need you to, but he wants that. He wants your time. It says that he is a jealous God because he is jealous for your time. He desires that from you. But knowing that you don't have to do it in a particular way. You don't have to look like your favorite influencer. You don't have to look like your favorite author. You know, God has given you your own unique story, your own unique gifts, your own unique relationship with him. Find what works for you and hone in on that and and do that. And just trying to remember as well, you guys, is that like Jesus, he wants to save every single person. Maybe you're looking at this and you're like, I don't even know if I really know him. I don't even know if I'm worthy of being saved. Like, why would he, why would he want to save me? Why would he care about me? But it says in Romans um, 9, I'm sorry, Romans 10, it says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. There is no difference between the Jew or the Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses, All who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You guys, that applies to you, that applies to your dad, your family, literally everyone. It says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There is salvation and grace for you, and that is what is so so beautiful. So, that's the salvation prayer, you guys. That's what it takes just to believe him and just to make the right step towards him. Every single day, you guys, it's, di- it's just discipline. It's discipline and saying, I'm going to sit down and read the word of God, or I'm either going to listen to it on my audiobook, or I'm going to listen to the Bible, or I'm just going to, you know what I mean? Like it's daily decisions, taking up your cross daily, um, and just trying to be obedient. You do the next right thing every single day. Even if it's just one little thing, you do the next right thing every single, every single day. Um, for me, like, even if I don't get a chance to read the word, like I'm either talking to the Lord or I'm worshiping him, I'm playing worship music, just spending some time with him. And the last thing that I kind of want to end on, I'm really hoping this all makes sense. I'm really hoping this helps you, um, because this was kind of all over the place and I know this is getting really long, but the last thing I want to say is faith so much in the Bible. It just says by faith, you've been saved. It's, it's faith, 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 faith is the ability to to not see him, but to still trust him, to just say, God, I, I may not see you and I may not feel you, but I know you're working. I know you're good. I know you're true. I know you're holy. I know you love me. I know you want good things for me every single day. Like that's what faith is to me. Like a lot of people are like, why would you trust someone you can't even see? Why would you trust this weird figure? Why would you believe in this weird Bible story? But that's because I have so much faith. I don't doubt it. I don't question it. I'm just like, God, I'm going to take you at your word and I'm going to believe and say you are true and you are who you say you are. You are the God of the Bible and your word is true. And the word is life to me. It is. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. Like he is the word. I hope I said that right. But you know, when, whenever you're like, how do I hear from God? You open the Bible. That's the first best place to start is um, from reading the word. And it even says, um, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So reading the word, hearing through the word. I recommend you guys do that. But. Um, that's just kind of what I did in my life was just, I made some small decisions. I had to discipline myself. I had to let go of certain things. I had to choose Christ. And the more I chose him, the more free and fulfilled I, I felt. And I can never go back to my old lifestyle. I can't. It's empty. It's sad. It's depressing. Like I need him every single day, knowing that you need a savior, that you are dependent upon him. We are not our own saviors. We are just not. Sure, it's great to be positive and to think highly of yourself and to, I mean, not like not highlighting yourself as in a boastful way, but to, um, you know, talk positively to yourself, but still knowing like true love and self-confidence and identity comes from him and him alone. Um, So if you guys have follow-up questions, please let me know. I know this was a lot. Um, I just appreciate you guys listening to this and listening more of my story, and of course, I will always share more stories. But I definitely opened up a lot more in this podcast than I was anticipating. But I know that there's someone else that needs to hear this story, so that's why I'm happy to help and happy to share with that share that with you guys. Um, but I just hope you guys come to know the Lord more. I hope you just pray to Him. He wants to hear from you, He's not mad at you, He's waiting for you with open arms. Um, He's ready for you. There's nothing you can do that would make Him um hate you or or unlove you or anything of that sort it says he will never put you to shame it says that i read that to you guys um a second ago anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame he's not a shameful guilty god he's just a god that loves you he's not pointing his finger condemning at you he's like come to me my child i want to clean you up i want to help you um and confess your sins confess whatever you're struggling with be open and bold Read James 5.16. Confess your sins to one another. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I will see you guys, or more like not see you guys. I will chat with you guys next Tuesday for another episode. Um, Don't forget to check out my Instagram, which is Junie and Amapola. If you have further questions, that's down below. And I will chat with you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for listening, and bye guys.